Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. If you were to tell me earlier this year that Werewolf by Night would be probably the best thing from Marvel that I've watched all year, I would have called you crazy. But after seeing the trailer from San Diego Comic-Con and now having a chance to watch it, wow, it is the best thing from Marvel that I've seen probably all year. I'll explain all that and why, if you've watched my other videos, why I'm wearing the same outfit. I'll explain all that right now. Hey everybody, Renee Loki Geek here. So today has been a busy day. Uh, I'm catching up with all of the things that I've watched from New York Film Festival so far this week. Got a lot more to go uh, next week. But Werewolf by Night kind of came out and I really completely forgot that it was coming out this week. So I'm recording all of these reviews and I'm like, I got to check it out. So I took a break and I finally sat down to watch it. It's an easy watch because it's just basically a little under an hour. It's so easy to watch. And in a way, it's kind of like a made for TV type of movie. Um, but I'm so glad I watched it because it is not only the best thing from Marvel I've seen all year, but it's like the most different thing I've seen from Marvel in some time. The reason why I say that is because... The way that they took care into really portraying a time period of movie history of like this type of storytelling was very was the way it executed was so well done. Um, again, the tone and feel reminded me of like those creature features from back in the, you know, back in the day, almost like those movies, like those Ed Wood type movies mixed in with your universal monster movies. But there are also parts of it that felt really grindhousey, right? Just like those Grindhouse films from back in the day. Or if you've watched Grindhouse from Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But also what the best thing about this movie was how simple it was. You can tell it took place really primarily in one singular location. And it, to be fair, if you look at it, it really looks like they did this in a studio. But the way that they utilized the set, the way that they, they utilized their environment, I really didn't mind it so much. Because it was, a lot of it was done through the acting and the storytelling itself. Again, in a simplistic way. They knew what they were doing. This knew what it was. And it wasn't shying away from that and trying to be something else. And I really totally appreciated that. The one thing that I was really concerned about this was Michael Giacchino. Because outside of being an excellent composer and, and someone who has been responsible for so many great soundtracks... I've never once seen him direct anything, and the fact that he was directing this really concerned me. I can take that and throw it out the window now, because he did a really great job, and you can tell that he paid attention to a lot of the directors that he worked with, and he used that to kind of hone in on the way he wanted to direct this movie. Pretty sure he is a huge fan of horror fiction, especially like the classic horrors type of movies, because he utilized a lot of those kind of camera work 
a lot of the little transitions, the way he, that he directed a lot of the actors on screen speaks very highly to the creature features of what you've seen back in the day. I loved how they even had the little cigarette burns on the film um, and how they used that throughout. You know, again, the film grain, the black and white usage, really, really amazing stuff. This movie also has a lot of brutal violence. I mean, my God, you have arms chopping off. You have blood splattering on the screen. You know, you have all of this like stuff, like people disintegrating, you know, so it's so brutal and so violent. But because it's all in black and white, they were able to really get away with it. And I've said this many times before, not everything has to be so gruesome like Deadpool. If there are unique and creative ways to, you know, kind of portray this violence on the screen, you can get away with a lot. Now, a lot of people are wondering, okay, how is it gonna translate when Blade finally comes out? Well, we'll just wait and see, but maybe if they use some tricks that this movie took and decided to run with, then there might be something very, very interesting to see there. Gael Garcia Bernal was really great in his role as Jack Russell, and Laura Donnelly as Elsa Bloodstone was also equally fantastic. You know, those that's those are the two main characters of this whole entire movie. I love their chemistry together. I'm really, really looking forward to what's going to happen next with these two characters and how they're going to move on. But the standout of the entire movie. And again, if you haven't seen this yet, this is spoiler territory, so I don't know what you're doing watching this, but thank you for watching it. I do appreciate it, but be warned. The standout was we finally got to see Man-Thing on screen, and Man-Thing was such a delight. It was great to see kind of like the dynamic and the relationship between Man-Thing and Jack's character. Also really funny how Jack calls him Ted, and that's how he likes to be called, which is really hilarious. But the way he looked was so comic book accurate. And even though he is this menacing creature, he looks like he has someone that has such a caring heart, especially with his friends. After the final transformation of Jack going all werewolf by nighty and all that and doing what he had to do and when he was recovering in the morning, it was just so sweet to see Ted having coffee ready for him and, you know, sitting down with him, having breakfast and saying, oh, let's, what are we having for lunch today? And like, oh, okay, I know you like sushi. Let's have some sushi and all that. Your choice. I mean, that is just so cute and so sweet. I love that relationship. I can't wait to see more Man-Thing. Man-Thing, Man-Thing, Man-Thing. Sounds dirty, but Man-Thing. Look it up. It's a real character. I also really loved how where everything was all said and done and we're approaching the end of the movie, how everything really transitions to the Technicolor color scheme. As they're playing somewhere over the rainbow, very much like in The Wizard of Oz when he went from black and white to color. Really, really cool how that transition happened, but still maintaining that really look and feel of an old, again, pulpy creature feature type of movie and let me tell you if they come back with this and come back with these characters and do it in the same style and film it in the same style and present it in the same style i'll be all over it i'll be so down i really wish they would do that because again it makes it really stand out from a lot of the other stuff that marvel has put out there and you know maybe Close, the closest thing to this would be, was like WandaVision where it had like that sitcom feel to it. 
but this was all throughout the entire thing and i would love to see them do more of this now with all the events that are portrayed in this movie we are now fully welcomed into the world of monsters and the supernatural in the marvel universe so where do we go from here we know Blade is coming out, but with some recent reports about some troubles that they're having with the director, the script, and Marshala maybe not being very pleased with the process, we don't know exactly what's going to happen there. Yes, previously we were already introduced to Moon Knight that kind of speaks more in the supernatural terms, and I could see how that character could come back within this universe where Werewolf by Night, Moon Knight, Blade, Elsa all play really well along one another, along with and of course, Man-Thing. Let's not forget Man-Thing. Let's also not forget Kit Harrington's character of Dane Whitman, aka the Black Knight, who, through thanks to a post-credit scene in Internals, we already hear him interacting with Blade and how he is now presented himself with the elusive Ebony Blade. Now I could see how all of these characters could eventually work their way into a possible Midnight Suns team up or something like that. But it is going to be very interesting how they're going to play with this type of part of the MCU in the Marvel Universe, especially since these are more grounded characters, right? We're not going to see them going off into space and fighting with you know other universes or all that kind of stuff. But what does that mean for more of the grounded characters in the MCU? Will they have run-ins with Spider-Man or Daredevil? Or if they're going to bring Luke Cage back and all that. A lot of these characters also play well with the Defenders. So it'll be really, really interesting to see how these things are going to progress. But I'm really happy that now we're starting to get a lot of this. Because even though Moon Knight was a little bit of a disappointment for me, it's just nice knowing that we have that character around. Werewolf by Night is another character now, along with Man-Thing, that I am really looking forward to seeing them expand more on, along with Elsa Bloodstone as well. But I think the real true test here is going to see what will happen once Blade comes out and how that will play along with everything that I have just mentioned. But I think one of the best things about this movie, or maybe we should call this a Halloween special, is that it didn't really tie into anything within the MCU right now. And you know what? I'm okay with that. It doesn't have to. It's a side story that maybe is building upon its own world and own universe there. And I'm patient enough to see, okay, where are you going to go with this? Because I don't need everything tying into everything right now. You know, there's a lot going on, and especially with now She-Hulk playing. Like, I don't know how that's going to tie into the whole thing, but... I was perfectly fine with it being its own standalone thing, but I do want to see more. I do really want to see more, and I can't wait to see what's going to be in store in the future as they unfold more of this part of the Marvel Universe. But like I always say, it doesn't matter at all what I think. What matters most is what all of you think, and I'm looking forward to hearing from all of you. Have you had a chance to check out Werewolf by Night yet? If you have, let me know what you thought about it in the comments of this video. If you haven't seen it yet, are you looking forward to checking it out? Let me know about that as well in the comments. If you are brand new to this channel and you come across this video for the very first time, thank you for watching. Don't forget, hit that like and subscribe buttons. It will help so much with the channel as we grow the community. If you're listening on audio formats, thank you for listening. If you want to check it out on audio formats, you can do so by typing in Loki Geek on your podcast platform of choice where you could download this and many other episodes from there. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Stay cool, stay classy, stay safe, and I'll catch you all in the next one. Peace. Okay, I promise I will change now for the next video, whenever that will be.